Hey guys, welcome back to the Survival Show podcast. I am producer Ben. I want to thank you all for tuning in today. Joining us for another legendary edition of Manly Musings with, of course, your one and only Craig Cottle. In this segment, Craig discusses a wonderful metaphor from Lieutenant Colonel David Grossman's book, on combat we recommend you go check that out we put the link in the description below and in this segment craig offers his differing opinions listen in and offer some feedback by sending us a message over on anchor i just want to let you guys know that we have an upcoming mailbox segment so get in your questions now so that it can be aired on that segment coming soon also we'll be doing this a little bit different we want to keep this a shorter close to 15 minute podcast so we'll be breaking this into two smaller digestible parts so you can really think about what's going on here these manly musings are really designed so that you have some deep thinking and reflection time tune in tomorrow for the conclusion of this segment all right guys and gals let's get into part one of this week's manly musings Hey, everybody, this is Craig Cuddle, director of Nature Blind School and co-host of the Survival Show podcast, where you're hearing me today. Thank you so much for joining me for another Manly Musings. Probably going to surprise a bunch of those who follow me regularly with my opinions on some things today. Today, what I wanted to do was read an excerpt from a book written by Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, retired from the United States Army. Um, this comes from his book on combat. He's got another book on killing, which are two fantastic reads. I'll have links for those in the description below, so check those out. I, I can't recommend these two books enough for those that might be in a position where you have to take another person's life. And the reason I'm probably going to surprise some people, because there's a couple points here that I disagree with Colonel Grossman on, Lieutenant Colonel Grossman on, and I wanted to point out why. And I've chatted with several people that I respect. And I wish I'd had time to chat with more on this subject. I just have not taken the opportunity to do it. Uh, I've been weighing this topic over my mind for years now, literally for years. And I've never voiced it outside of a close circle of friends just to get feedback. But uh, what I thought I would do is this. I'm going to read this excerpt from, from his book. And then I'm going to give you my opinions on some of these points and go from there. So if you're not familiar with this story, then you'll really like this and you should. It's a great metaphor for some things that we need to consider in our lives today. It starts out like this. Honor never grows old and honor rejoices the heart of age. It does, it does so because honor is finally with, about defending those noble and worthy things that deserve defending even if it comes at a high cost. In our time, that may mean social disapproval, public scorn, hardship, persecution, or as always, even death itself. The question remains, what is worth defending? What is worth dying for? What is worth living for? That's a quote from William J. Bennett in a lecture to the United States Naval Academy, November 24, 1997. Colonel Grossman's work goes on and says this. One Vietnam veteran, an old retired colonel, once said this to me. Most of the people in our society are sheep. They are kind, gentle, productive creatures who can only hurt one another by accident. And this is true. 
Remember, the murder rate is 6 per 100,000 per year, and the aggravated assault rate is 4 per 1,000 per year. What this means is that the vast majority of Americans are not inclined to hurt one another. Some estimates say that 2 million Americans are victims of violent crimes every year, a tragic, staggering number, perhaps an all-time record rate of violent crime, but there are almost 300 million Americans, which means that the odds of being a victim of violent crime is considerably less than 1 in 100 on any given year. Furthermore, since many violent crimes are committed by repeat offenders, the actual number of violent citizens is considerably less than 2 million. Thus, there is a paradox, and we must grasp both ends of the situation. We may well be in the most violent times in history, but violence is still remarkably rare. This is because most citizens are kind, decent people who are not capable of hurting each other, except by accident or under extreme provocation. They are sheep. I mean nothing negative by calling them sheep. To me, it is like the pretty blue robin's egg. Inside, it is soft and gooey, but someday it will grow into something wonderful. But the egg cannot survive without its hard blue shell. Police officers, soldiers, and other warriors are like that shell. And someday, the civilization they protect will grow into something wonderful. For now, though, they need warriors to protect them from the predators. Then there are the wolves, the old veteran said, and the wolves feed on the sheep without mercy. Do you believe there are wolves out there who will feed on the flock without mercy? You better believe it. There are evil men in this world and they are capable of evil deeds. The moment you forget that or pretend it is not so, you become a sheep. There is no safety in denial. Then there are sheepdogs, he went on, and I'm a sheepdog. I live to protect the flock and confront the wolf. If you have no capacity for violence, then you are a healthy, productive citizen, a sheep. If you have a capacity for violence and no empathy for your fellow citizens, then you have defined an aggressive sociopath, a wolf. But what if you have a capacity for violence and a deep love for your fellow citizens? What do you have then? A sheepdog, a warrior, someone who is walking the hero's path, someone who can walk into the heart of darkness, into the universal human phobia, and walk out unscathed. Let me expand on this old soldier's excellent model of the sheep, wolves, and sheepdogs. We know that the sheep live in denial. That is what makes them sheep. They do not want to believe that there is evil in the world. They can, they can accept the fact that fires can happen, which is why they want fire extinguishers, fire sprinklers, fire alarms, and fire exits throughout their kids' schools. But many of them are outraged at the idea of putting an armed police officer in their kid's school. Our children are thousands of times more likely to be killed or seriously injured by school violence than fire. But the sheep's only response to the possibility of violence is denial. The idea of someone coming to kill or harm their child is just too hard, and so they chose the path of denial. The sheep generally do not like the sheepdog. He looks a lot like the wolf. He has fangs and the capacity for violence. The difference, though, is that the sheepdog must not, cannot, and will not ever harm the sheep. Any sheepdog who intentionally harms the lowliest little lamb will be punished and removed. The world cannot work any other way, at least not in a representative democracy or republic such as ours. Still, the sheepdog disturbs the sheep. He is a constant reminder that there are wolves in the land. They would prefer that he didn't tell them where to go or give them traffic tickets or stand at the ready in our airports in camouflage fatigues holding an M16. The sheep would much rather have the sheepdog cash in his fangs, spray paint himself white and go, bah, until the wolf shows up. Then the entire flock 
tries desperately to hide behind one lonely sheepdog. The students, the victims at Columbine High School, were big, tough high school students, and under ordinary circumstances, they would not have had the time of day for a police officer. They were not bad kids. They just had nothing to say to a cop. When the school was under attack, however, and SWAT teams were clearing the rooms and hallways, the officers had to physically peel those clinging, sobbing kids off of them. This is how the little lambs feel about their sheepdog when the wolf is at the door. Look at what happened after September 11, 2001, when the wolf pounded hard on the door. Remember how America, more than ever before, felt differently about the law enforcement officers and military personnel? Remember how many times you heard the word hero? Understand that there is nothing morally superior about being a sheepdog. It is just what you choose to be. Also understand that a sheepdog is a funny critter. He is always sniffing around on the perimeter, checking the breeze, barking at things that go bump in the night, and yearning for a righteous battle. That is, the young sheepdogs yearn for a righteous battle. The old sheepdogs are a little older and wiser, but they move to the sound of guns when needed right along with the young ones. And so that concludes what I'll be reading from uh, Lieutenant Grossman's work on combat. It's a fantastic, fantastic book. I highly recommend it. There's two books there, On Killing and On Combat. On Killing would be the first one that I would recommend you read and then read On Combat after that. Again, for anyone that wants to be the type of person who carries a firearm for their self-defense, then considerations should always be made on what it would take to actually bring harm and ultimately kill someone else with a firearm or with your bare hands or whatever. Uh, it's a struggle that I've dealt with for a long time because I taught martial arts and the farther I got into martial arts, the more I realized I was bringing harm. I mean, I knew this. I knew that I was bringing harm to people, but um, just the older I got and the, the more time I spent in martial arts, the more I understood that I needed to consider that deeply, very deeply. And so I, so I started studying and listening to people like Grossman and others writing about the idea of harming and or killing other people in your own defense. And so that is, it, it's played heavily on my thought processes. Uh, I've talked to obviously a large range of people. I, I'm very fortunate that I get to train a lot of first responders. I get to train not as many lately, but for several years there, I had a contract where I was teaching a lot of military personnel. And so these are things that uh, sometimes in conversation would come up when it, when we were doing training where we were doing some sort of defensive tactics or something of that nature. And so these topics came up and I was always very quick to try to get others opinions without, you know, digging into not asking stupid questions like what's it like to kill somebody? I don't ask stupid questions like that. Um, but just trying to gather the thoughts of people and their mindset and more than anything, just listening to people of that training, the, the people that have held the jobs like this, and what I wanted to do was just develop my own understanding of it for that reason. So before I dig into uh, that, that's just the background. I wanted to give you the background of what's going on here before I dig into some more in-depth uh, discussion on my thoughts on this. But uh, before I do that, let's, let's do this real quick. We'll get a real quick word from our sponsor, and then I'll come back to you, and we will uh, discuss my thoughts on this. 
So first off, I want to be abundantly clear that I've never served in the military or as a police officer. I've just had the good fortune of being around them quite a lot. Um, my thoughts just come mostly as a simple civilian who pays attention to uh, those that do those type of jobs. I listen to them. I learn from them. I've trained a bunch of them. So I've um, been, the, been in the business, literally, of training them, training alongside them, and being trained by them. And so uh, I feel from a civilian perspective, which I gather that a large portion of our audience are civilians, and we do have military and law enforcement that regularly write me and thank me for what we're doing on this podcast, and I appreciate their insight. Some have corrected me on things that I've tried to come back and, and talk about at later times, so I really appreciate you guys helping us with the podcast. But to be clear, I think this analogy is spot on. It's very accurate. I love that it's a, it's a metaphor that tells a story about how we can look at law enforcement and military personnel. But from a nature standpoint, and, and I'm a nature nerd, so bear with me on this. From a nature standpoint, I think there's a couple of very small points that are just wrong. And I think where they are wrong are worthy of our consideration and how we look at ourselves, because to a degree, I would more often than anything, look at myself as a wolf. And the wolf is always a negative creature in this story and in this metaphor. And I want to discuss that and why I think that is. And I also want to make it clear why I think that, you know, somebody like me, I'm a wolf is not necessarily a bad thing and where it can become a bad thing. Okay. So, again, please take the opportunity to give me some feedback once you hear what we're going, to, what I'm going to talk about here. Um, you can do that through Anchor. We now have voice messaging, so if you're listening to this on the Anchor app, which big fan of that, there's a button where you can click send a voice message, and we'll get a voice message directly about what your thoughts are on this. Uh, our hope is down the road at some point in time we'll use those voice messages to to warrant some questions from you all. And then we'll utilize those as a podcast themselves. So keep that in mind. If that comes up with this, we'll do another one on this topic. Uh, also, you can always email me uh, personally at info at naturereliance.org. And that real soon, we're going to have the survivalshow.com website up. So you'll be ways to contact us and comment there as well. But um, please, please offer some feedback. So my thoughts on this, first off, is that from a metaphorical perspective, Everything that was stated in this story is true. And part of that rides along this mindset of the big bad wolf. Okay. The big bad wolf being a character in a lot of fairy tales that always is a nefarious creature. Uh, it's rare, if at all, that you see the wolf being a hero or doing anything well and so well and good. So we have this mindset that the wolf is, an, is a bad creature from fairy tales, uh, from movies and all the sort like it. And one of the things that I would submit to you is that the wolf is not the wolf in nature, because again, I'm director of nature Alliance school and I always look at the nature side of things. The wolf is not necessarily a bad creature. All right, guys, I know you hate to hear it, but let's break it off there. Take some time to think about what Craig is getting at here. Join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this Manly Musings. And don't forget to let us know what you think by going over to the Anchor homepage and clicking the Send a Voicemail button.
We really, really love hearing from you guys. Also, you can support us over here on Anchor by clicking the support this podcast button. If you feel like this is really helping you, I encourage you to go and consider doing that. We really appreciate it. All right, guys, till next time, keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.